0: What is going on, travelers? Welcome to episode 82 of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I am your host, Ran, and joining me this week, as usual, is my lovely co-host, Emerald.
1: Hi, it's me, your lovely Lord lady, Emerald, and I am still mad at you.
0: (laughs) There's nothing to be mad about. Everybody kind of won and lost in that. I thought that was a very mutual exchange.
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't think my emotional state is worth fifty dollars.
0: Ran. <laughs> I mean, I. I tell you what. I am sitting in a good spot, so I'm actually very, very happy about uh the way that whole deal transpired. But uh, to fill in anybody that uh, did not tune into the uh, to the Twitch stream earlier today, I was doing my weekly and dailies and doing my domain grinding, and I have a bit of a reputation on the Discord server, which on artifacts, no matter what other stats it has, if it has a defense sub stat on it, I immediately can it as garbage. I don't like it. I think it's bad. So, I think it I convinced you on to this. roll I'm that
1: not. artifact. You did. I convinced you did. You to roll for so, it and it turned out fine and you threw it away. So, Do you not understand how that makes me yeah. feel?
0: <laughs> It was nothing personal. It was nothing personal. But so what she's talking about. I don't about know.
1: I, feel, I felt a little is... ganged up on. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Two of
1: my best friends just, you know, teaming up against me like that.
0: Oh, not at all. But what Everald is talking about is that I've been farming the golden, uh, these golden trounce or the golden trope uh, oh. artifacts set for official. Yeah. Because it's her new best. Golden troop. Yeah. Golden troop. So I had gotten a circlet that was a crit rate circlet, and then it had, so it had full maxed out level 20, had 31% crit rate, and when I rolled the stats, I think it rolled, aside from one for like the fourth stat, the fourth substat, it rolled crit damage every time. So it had 21% crit damage.
1: I know, it was freaking amazing.
0: Yeah, and then it had like elemental mastery hit points, and then but it also had a defense plus 16 substat on it. Which, according to my standards, makes it a bad piece. But I was that using it as a stopgap piece. piece is literally fine. <clears throat> there yeah. was nothing so, wrong with that piece. <laughs> so Destin comes in and is like, hey, Ren, I'll give you $20 to, to get rid of that artifact, to throw it in a strong box. And I was like, I kind of hesitated. I was like, man, I don't know, because it's a good stopgap piece I can use as I like, farm something better. But then, as the stream went on, he offered $50 to dump it into a really bad artifact.
1: You want to know what happened after you dumped it into that really bad artifact? You threw <coughs> that bad Every... artifact into a <laughs> feather, and guess what that final stat was? Flat defense. De- you threw that yep. into another artifact, and what was it? Flat defense. So what lesson did we learn here?
0: <laughs> the, the, the lesson that I learned was one that I will uphold to my principles Two, Decim is a man of his word. And three, I got a free $50 top-up with the double bonus for milling out one artifact.
1: So you clearly don't care about me at all then.
0: (laughs) No, I absolutely do. But to be completely honest, that's a lot of money and primos to be putting towards my Navia fund. So he basically doubled. And I was able to get, with a $50 pack, with the double top-up, I was able to get the... The bundle with the wings and the name card and all that stuff. And then dump everything into primos for my intertwined fates, which basically doubled my pool because I didn't have a whole lot saved up. I'm at like 40 something. Now I'm at like 80 something. And so, I mean, that that's a win for me. I mean, nothing personal, Em, but
1: yeah, I don't know. Seems pretty personal to me. (laughs) Seems pretty personal to me. Why does everyone seek to cause me misery? I'm just trying Uh, to have a good time.
0: I think that Destin was trying to cause me misery this time, but he also did it with incentive, so it worked out. So, was it actually rough? Was that a great artifact? I mean, truth be told, yes, it was a good piece. It
1: was a good piece, uh, and I convinced you to roll
0: for it. It was a good piece. Now that being said, I literally said, cannot official, win here. I mean, that being said, my official does have a crit rate circlet, but I think it only has like thirteen percent crit damage. So I lost like seven percent crit damage, uh, and then the rest of the stats are fine. There's no defense in it, so I'm okay. It's not as beefy as the other artifact, but it'll be fine. But like you said, after that, we just started cycling artifacts and artifacts, and everything just. Came out to be defense, so it was just garbage after garbage. It was really bad. But, uh, yeah, so maybe don't so, get rid yeah. of a
1: decent piece next time, no matter <laughs> how much money somebody gives you.
0: <laughs> uh, we'll keep that in mind. But, uh, if, if the price is right, chances are you can get me to do something stupid. But, uh, so aside from that, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, in case you want to tune in to fun little uh, adventures like that with uh, me or Emerald, uh, or the rest of the people in our Discord server, you can join up with us at discord.gg forward slash the residents. Uh, you can find me streaming this kind of nonsense, as well as daily quests and weekly things, uh, at that Ramman on Twitch. Uh, Emerald, you're still doing your stream, you got your new avatar and stuff going, right?
1: Yeah, I, I haven't streamed since I did the Archon quest, but Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so Emerald's up there streaming. I know we got a bunch of other members. Uh, Neku's streams, I've seen that. Uh, Art streams. Um, Jam and John streams sometimes, I think. Or I, I think he parties up with you and then y'all stream together, don't you?
1: No, we just did the one time.
0: Okay, okay. But, yeah, so we got a pretty active community. So, yeah, go ahead and find us on there. Um, you can also find the podcast on Twitter and on Blue Sky at HoyoCast, uh, where I've been trying to stay a little more active with it, trying to share some things, and... Uh, keep up with the going-ons of what's been happening on Genshin Impact. But uh, aside from that, I mean, other than uh, this little, you know, kerfuffle that we had this morning with uh, with my artifacts and things like that, how's your, uh, how's your week in Genshin been going?
1: I mean, it's been going pretty good. I, I suppose I can't really complain too much, other than the fact that the Golden Troop domain freaking sucks,
0: but... It does, yeah, no that that, that domain's rough. As I said it takes my, my Geo Ito team like a minute maybe No, like, I started, using, to clear I started it.
1: using my my Risley team in it and I feel I've been having an easier time.
0: Okay. Oh that's awesome. That's that's good to hear because who do you use in your Riseley team?
1: I have it's Risley, Toma, Kazuha, and then my Bennett.
0: Okay. Who I've been Well starting, Bennett makes everything better.
1: Yeah, I've been starting to build up my Bennett. I gave him that sword from the um final ordo quest.
0: And, oh, yep. yeah, yep. It's,
1: it's real good on him. I think it fits him really well, too.
0: Awesome. I, mean, I, think, I just think it looks great. I'm glad we have like a very cool-looking, like, golden sword. I mean, it looks great. Um, But, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've finished up all my world quests. Um, I'm pretty much completely caught up. Uh, I've got my areas at a full 100%, which I guess some people are having some trouble with one of the zones. Yeah, the, the
1: Morte region, or however you say it, is it's hard to get 100%. It's so like water-filled that like you have to get all the little Mora chests so, to, to so, 100% it, from my understanding.
0: So about that, apparently that was an issue, and there was some problem with the percentages that you got for clearing, but I think there was a micro patch that they did behind the scenes that just fixed that. Because when I went through it, I hadn't gotten everything, but I cleared out that area before I cleared out the other one. So I cleared out the Mort region before I 100 percent the Araneus. but I guess that they have patched that in because people were having a lot of trouble with it. So hopefully that's not the case uh, anymore, and things are a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think the only thing I really have left to do is um, Sharina's character chapter. And I'll oh, probably you haven't done that yet? It. No, well, I just finished up the uh, the Archon quest like just the other day to get ready for this episode because I've been doing everything else. I've been doing my world quest, my exploration, and everything. So, um, no, I'll will have to do Farina's world quest or world quest uh, character chapter, and we'll probably cover that next week. But uh, yeah, we'll get that done. I hear it's very good.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not bad.
0: Okay, sweet. I, I'm excited because I hear that you get to see Farina get her vision, and I'm very excited to see oh, that. Yeah,
1: no, that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, um, because the last time I watched somebody get their vision, it was for Rana and Sumero, and it just straight up faded the black, and it was the most. Yeah, did, wait? Did you not do ever. a
1: version of Genesis?
0: Which one was version of Genesis?
1: The one with Scarmouche. He
0: oh, got no, his no, vision. No, did in, he did that. That's he got right. his
1: vision there too.
0: That's, that's, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. then he had his whole little change and transformation. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, I did do that. That was good. Um, but yeah, the, the, seeing Ronna get her vision and just doing a fade to black and coming and then fading back in and it being there was the most disappointing thing after how long the R&R request was. I was so mad. But so yeah, but yeah I'll get on that do? this weekend. We'll probably cover that up. We'll probably cover Farina's character chapter next week. So that'll be something for people to look forward to. Um, not really a whole lot in way of news this week, uh, which is completely fine because we've got a pretty packed episode for the, uh, for the second half and I don't want to run too long because the longer the episode runs, the longer it takes for me to edit. And I like to sleep at night. So.
1: Yeah. Our, I bet you'll uh, be our... sleeping real comfortable after the hurt you caused me today.
0: Uh huh. I'm going to sleep my way all the way to the bank. <laughs> I've actually already cashed that out. I already bought that package. Yeah, I, I know. I great. watched it happen. <laughs> Oh, it was good times.
1: No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting so it by two weeks.
0: Of, oh, oh, don't do that. I'll be all by myself. i got to convince Peril to hurry back. I'll be in trouble. And nobody wants to listen to me Listen to me sit here and talk to myself. I know that's for a fact. So, uh, now, our, uh, our first piece of news this week is that we have Paimon's painting set number 28 for our new little uh, chibi emojis, which will be released for the Hoyo Lab app and eventually in game um these are pretty cute we got a whole spread featuring furina uh we finally got
1: she... an emote with the foul legacy child
0: mm-hmm. yep down there with he's doing his uh pathetic with his hands sticking out
1: oh yeah
0: uh got some cute one with the uh, with the siblings got one of lenny uh two of Fremenet, and then one of lynette um there's one of navia got Chlorine with her pistol and then uh Arlochino down there just sitting there cross-legged in her chair looking all important so, a uh, cute little set. Nothing in this one really jumped out at me. Uh, if I'm, I'm surprised the Navi
1: didn't one didn't.
0: The, the Navi one's cute, but it's just like her like being excited and pointing. Um, Remina no ones, sure ones are cute. Be... I, I would have to say if anyone really jumped out at me, I like the one of Fiorina where she's like surprised, um, and she's got like the little water exclamation mark above her head. I think that one's pretty cute. Yeah.
1: And also, you um, know, I got to say, there's that there's that child emote, which are always appreciated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like if this game was PvP, that was that would definitely get a lot of mileage.
1: Oh, it would, um, for real, which yeah. I don't think PvP is something this game needs.
0: No, absolutely not. I, I think we're completely fine the way we are. But, uh, but yeah, nice little set to add to the collection of the uh, ongoing Paimon paintings. I always like seeing these things. They're always cute and fun. Um, the second piece of news uh, is one we actually already covered before, but the uh, Graph Adversarial Technology Experiment Log uh, Photography Event is ongoing right now, and reception for this event is mixed, is, is mixed at best and negative at worst. Um, what is your take on this event so far, M? I I mean,
1: you know, my take on things tend to be the opposite of everybody's. I kind of like the event, at least for the challenge that it provides with finding the things you need to take a picture of.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely like the premise of it. Um, I like photography events. I think they're cute because they let me go out and explore the world and look for creatures or items or plants or whatever like that to try and like you know appreciate the world that they've built rather than just go out and you know go beat up six trolls or something. I will say that the event does have its problems Um the first one being that the instructions are kind of vague
1: at times. Well, like, isn't that the point?
0: I mean, kind of, but at, at like, but you'll have, like, go find blue winged creatures. And you're like, okay. Or go find blue creatures. But then if you, like, go underwater, they, they can't be enemies. Like, when they say blue creatures, they mean to say, like, blue, like, wildlife, like, birds and crabs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um... But it doesn't specify. So if you go out there and you try and take a pic, if you go underwater and try and take a picture of like you know one of the blue crab enemies, it doesn't work. Or if you try and go take a picture of a blue a hydro slime, it doesn't work.
1: Go take pictures and- of the seals.
0: That's yeah, what I um, did. You can't. I don't. The seals are enemies, though. I don't the seals. The I didn't seals. mean
1: the seals. I meant the otters.
0: Yeah, the otters you can do. Yeah, because I tried the seals. I was like, why isn't this working? And it. Yeah, so- I tried to get the oh.
1: xenochromatic enemies, and they don't count. There are things. Yeah. What they meant specifically is like things that are in the living creatures category in your um, archive.
0: Yeah. Um, but then, like the most recent one was like find enemies that use like staff weapons.
1: That's easy. So,
0: well, it is. But it but like again, like the parameters kind of weird because like if you go and look at Rided Shogun who has her like spear and you try and take a picture of her, it doesn't work. But. If you go and find a bunch of hill trolls, like the hill troll that has a stick that's on fire, and he just comes swinging it at you, that counts as a staff for some reason. Or like the yeah, I'd say it counts. The, yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, yeah. He, he's like running at me. He's like just swinging his little fire stick around. And it counts. Um, the yeah, big hill troll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the big hill troll with his giant hammer that counts as a staff for some
1: reason. The axe counts. Yeah. I didn't take a picture yeah, of him. I, I took a picture of like sandwich trolls.
0: Yeah, that's what I did. I, and I Abyss just Mages. Storm, yeah, I just went to uh, Storm, Storm Terror's lair and just did a lap around the building and just took a picture of all the salmon Yeah, I their,
1: went to yeah yeah, I went to Storm Terror's Lair and Dadaupa Gorge for my pictures. Yeah.
0: So I mean I was with uh, by taking my own pictures and also like doing the trade and exchange with all the people we have from the Discord, I was able actually to finish the event and get all seven rewards today.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. I'm, like, Um, super close to it as well. I'm just missing one blue picture.
0: (laughs) So maybe tomorrow I'll have it done. Okay, if you don't, then let me know. I'll go take some pictures and see if I can get one for you as well. But, I mean, but also that's another one of the issues is that the event, with most events, if you don't do them every single day, towards the end of the event, the last day or two, you can just go and just cram it in real quick. If you're, like, busy with work or school or whatever. You can't do that with this event. Like your film stock changes and the prerequisites change every single day. So if you don't shoot your 10 pictures today, you don't get 20 tomorrow. You still just get 10. So it's very much do it every day or you're going to miss out on your opportunity to build up your, your stock of pictures. Which a lot of people didn't know and now they're kind of scrambling to get caught up. And if you don't have like a friend group or a friends list that you can actively trade with... You also don't have that cushion to fall back on as well. So it can be difficult that way for people that play the game purely solo. And in terms of the color pictures, I don't that's weird is that when you go and take a picture of something, you, there's no way of telling what color film you're Wasn't there get. an like,
1: event you, that was like this in the past, though? And it worked the exact same way, but I don't think it had the trading feature?
0: Maybe. If there was, I wasn't here for it.
1: Yeah, there were um, ones, there. It, I remember I think there was one back in the day, like before I started playing, that was like that too.
0: I can probably believe, I think I've seen people mentioning that they've done an event like this in the past.
1: Yeah, there was definitely, so, a, like maybe it was like one or two times that they, we okay, had a so similar may- event. But this is like, I think the first version of it that had a trading feature.
0: Gotcha. And the trading feature helps. It really does. And I'm glad when I, I'll go on like on my friends list. If when I have extras, now that I'm done, I was like, well, I have, you yeah, know, that's a what I'll do. I'll send my left.
1: extras to
0: people who are
1: missing one. Yeah. I'll
0: scroll down. Yeah. I'll be like, Oh, DJ's got one of every color, but she needs another yellow. So I'll just send her a yellow. So that way she'll have one of each or whatever. But what's weird is that when we had to take pictures of wind creatures, i went to the samaru desert to go find the 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 vultures like the big vultures that fly around they're like red birds yeah and when you they find count. them they're usually like yeah they, they do but what's weird is that they're all red and there's usually like two or three of them in a pack at a time
1: i so think i can, got i think i got a yellow from one of
0: them yeah that, that's what i'm saying it's like there'll be three and i'll look at one i'll take a picture of like oh you got a red film like cool Then I'll look away and then come back and then I'll pick up the next one. It'll take a picture. Like, oh, well, this time you get a blue film. I'm like, well, where the hell did you get blue from? And then I'll look away and I'll come back and it'll get all like the last one on there. It'll be like, oh, now you get a purple film. like, what is going on? There's no rhyme or reason as to what color film you're going to get. It's just a roll of the dice. And it's very confusing. So... I, I appreciate the idea of the event. I, again, I love, like, hey, go take pictures and experience the world. I love that. Um, but I just... This just feels very kind of unfinished, I guess. Just kind of cobbled together. And I think they should have, like, I don't know, just left this one in the oven for about another 20 minutes. I, but, mean, I mean, that, that again, that's my take on it. There
1: was events like this in the past that worked the same exact way, so...
0: Yeah, but if anything, if that's the case, then they should have made it better. And yeah, but it was also
1: it was also random back then too.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't make it good. I mean, not all events are going to be
1: good. That's just
0: yeah, (laughs) I I know, but they need to be trying to make them not to where the community is like, yeah, we don't like this event. So if you're getting negative feedback like that, things need to change. So I'm not sure what the feedback was the first time an event like this came around, but seeing the overwhelming response on Hoya Lab and Twitter about this one. I wouldn't mind seeing it come back, but they do need to kind of flesh it out a little bit more and make it a little bit easier to digest on the whole. But overall, I mean it's 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 okay. It's a very mediocre event, just all things considered, I think.
1: Yeah, not the best, but, but I personally don't think it's the worst either.
0: Yeah. And you also get like sixty Primo gems a day, so I mean the rewards are very good, so I'll take that too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really it for the news is that I went and scoured the Genshin Twitter page earlier today just to try and see if there was anything to brush up on. They're still constantly doing the tweet-retweet thing to where you can try and, you know, win prizes, and I never do. So, I mean, there's that. Um, the only thing I will say, uh, as far as this intro part, is so that we used to do review readings where... People can leave a review on Apple Podcasts where they can actually type out a text review, and we will read that review. Uh, if it's a five star review, we'll read it in a character voice of your choosing, and you can request who does it, or you can just leave it up to us to choose. Uh, we're still getting like reviews on like Spotify and things like that. Like our ratings are we're doing really good, but we haven't been getting like full like typed out reviews on Apple Podcasts, even though we are getting more like reviews of just like hey, you know here's five stars or four stars or whatever it is. And and that's great. But, uh, but yeah, I just want to reiterate because we haven't done one in a while that if you want a, a review to leave us five stars on Apple podcast, uh, type out a message you would like us to read and you can request a character voice for us to read it in. And we'll be happy to read it on the show. And thank you publicly to our entire, you know, fan base for, you know, being nice to us. And And it really just helps the show. It helps the show get attention and, you know, push up to the top and make people you know think that we do a good job, and I hope that we do. So.
1: Yeah, things uh, have been going much... well, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean things have been going great, uh, but I, it'd be kind of cool to have some some things to read off. So if you haven't left us a a review to read, you know, feel free. I'd appreciate. It. I think they're very fun. But my my impressions are true.
1: unfortunately mm-hmm. limited.
0: Yeah, y'all. You know, you know, mine are too. I When mean, I do voices, they're not good, but uh, they do exist. So. But that's going to be it for the first half. We want to try and keep it short and sweet, because in the second half, we are going to be covering the Archon Quest, Chapter 4, Act 5, Masquerade of the Guilty. So if you have not finished uh, the most latest Archon Quest, and you really don't want to spoil it for you, then you might want to maybe skip over this episode, or come back to it later once you've had a chance to experience it for yourself. Um, Other than that, uh, you've been warned, so Emerald and I are going to take a little break, and when we get back, we are going to jump right into it. all right and we are back so new archon quest uh chapter four act five masquerade of the guilty um what an experience we, yeah what an ex. You, you're not lying there was a lot to unpack this episode and
1: yeah i streamed uh, playing this quest it was a trip <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I I caught the last, I caught, like, part of your thing before I had to leave for work, and I could tell that you weren't, like, it it was was taking its emotional toll. And I had already watched, like, two other live streamers on Twitch play through it, and they had the exact same reaction. I was not having a
1: good time.
0: (laughs) No, no, I I mean, I was the same way. Even though I, at that point, I had seen it three times, when I played through it myself and got my first-hand experience with it, I was like, "I, I am not happy like I've enjoyed it. The writing was good. The lore was great and it was an experience, but it's heavy.
1: Oh yeah. It it
0: is. It is. It is not a nice, happy adventure. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, so last warning, uh, for any of our listeners that haven't experienced this yet and you really want to really feel that, that emotional gut punch for yourself, then, uh, you might want to go and take a break and, uh, and maybe just wait to listen to the rest of the episode. But otherwise, uh, I mean, here we go. So, Deluge of Wrathful Waters is where we start off. And we are back in the good old Fortress of Maripede. Woo-hoo. Our temporary home, sweet home, where we've taken up residence for eating Farina's cake.
1: Yep. That's. But today,
0: yeah. yep. But today, our sentence is over. And we go to talk to Moglane to get our uh, release papers. And as we go and start talking and You're getting ready Argo to... saying our goodbyes uh, to everybody. Yep. Saying, hey, we'll see you later. We are out of here. Uh, the entire fortress begins to shake. Uh, with, I mean, dust falling from the ceiling it vibrating. Uh, Mogwain kind of gets a little shaken up. But then it just kind of stops. It's and,
1: spooky. It's very spooky yeah, indeed.
0: It, it is. So we're like, oh, well, that's not good. So... Let's go talk to Risley, obviously, and see what's going on. And so we go to Risley's office, and Risley's kind of like, we're like, hey, did, did you feel that? Is everything okay? He's like, oh, oh, that? Oh, yeah, that came up from the surface. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We're not worried about it.
1: Nah, nah, we're good. Yeah. Nothing's wrong yeah, with the fortress.
0: Like yeah, he's just chilling. He's like, yeah, it's 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 fine. It's an earthquake, not a waterquake. We're fine. And we're like, what about the seal that Nouvellet put down? He was like, yeah, no, that, that's still in place. That's fine. If anything had really been going on, there would have been people screaming and running and panicking like they did when the waters you know, burst through the seal before. So, no, we're, we're all good. Don't really worry about it. So we're like, I mean, okay, but if it came from the from the surface, I mean, I guess we'll just go talk to Nouvellet. And so we leave, and, you know, we, we, we go and leave the forges like we all plan to. And then when we go to the Palais Mormonia, we run into Sidine, who is the Melusine that basically... I guess she's kind of like Nouvelle's secretary?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so also I really like Sidine's voice because she she really has that kind of like... That, or like that French, like infliction in like the way she speaks. I
1: know I love her so much. I
0: I, I did. I, I really enjoyed uh who put in the voice work for Sadine. I mean, if if you listen to the show, great job. That that, that was very very good. But Sadine runs into us, but he's like, "Oh, oh, you're you're fine. I know who you are. Uh, you know, he's he, your door's always open for you. So just go on in and talk to him." It's like, "Okay." So we go in and we talk to Nuvalet and we basically kind of like share some details about the things that we've experienced as being in the fortress. We share, I think they share our, the vision that we had, um, that we had with child and the, uh, and the whale. And we'd kind of like reflect like, you know, what, what, what do we think is going on with this, you know, and how did child, you know, get out of the fortress and end up in the primordial sea? Yeah. But at the same token, you know, Paimon's like, well, we it means he's not from Fontaine because he hasn't dissolved. He obviously can't be from
1: Fontaine.
0: Yeah, so we kind of like breathe a very strange sigh of relief at that. But um, we ask him about the tremor or the earthquake that we felt, and he says that, oh yes, there was a there was an earthquake in Poisson, and when that happened, the water levels in the area had raised. and he thinks that when that happened, water from the Parordial Sea may have risen up into Poisson as well. And because that's happened, what he's doing with his work right now, when we talk to him, is he's organizing like, you know search and rescue and disaster relief plans for the area. And we, when he says, like, I have to stay here to get things organized, to send help, can you go and check on the area for me? And Payam was very much like, yeah, I mean, that's where Navia and all our friends and stuff are at, so yeah, let, let's go. So we get up, and we basically haul butt to Poisson, where we find the city virtually empty. Like normal when you go into Poisson, you see like you know the merchants selling their fish and standing around and talking and eating, and there's like nobody in Poisson.
1: It's eerily quiet. I mean,
0: it is. It is. And, like, I know when I got was, there, I
1: was like, oh, like this. Yeah, like, like
0: yeah. It's it's in not Chambles. having like, a good like, time anymore. Get, yeah, like, the buildings are, like, shaken down. The bridge is, is busted up. There's fish, like, scattered all over the ground from where the water had risen up and then settled down. When we rush in, we find, like, somebody was, like, on a roof. And then had, they had, like, like a, another woman, like, fallen, like, broken her leg. And there's a member of the Spina di Rosullo, like, trying to help her and administer, you know, medical assistance. And as we make our way down, we're like, we got to find Navia. And we rush down, and we find Navia, and she's like, she's very distracted, because she's very focused on, like, attending to the members of the Spina that are like, Navia, this is going on, what do we do? She's like, okay, you need to go over here. Or, and then another one shows up, like, hey, you know, this issue's here. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll handle that. But she looks, and she comes off as very distraught. Like, she's just sad. She's got this permanent frown, and she looks sad, and... As we're talking to her and we look around, we realize that Navi is standing here by herself. Because Melus and Silver are gone.
1: Melus and Silver?
0: Yeah, the, the, her oh. two assistants that she had with her that kept like the baking supplies on them. That gave her all the support that she needed that, that that knew her father and that had, you know, were assisting with her now that pretty much like I guess like her father's stead pretty much helped raise Navia. Yeah. And
1: not but when the trimmer not had a good time. Yeah.
0: No, it's not a good time. Because when the waters rose, Melus and Silver says we they had to go back to help finish getting pe- as many people out of Poisson as they could. And because they did that, because they went back to save people to get them out, they got caught in the water and Malus and Silver got dissolved.
1: Yeah, no, seeing Navia actually, like, the crying again, I was like, man, I wanted to hug everybody that was on the screen. I wanted to hug Navia. I also just wanted to hug Lumine and Paimon simply just because they were there.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that I felt is that... Another thing I liked was the delivery of Navia's lines yeah, in this. Yeah, Navia's
1: lines. Her voice actor did a really good job.
0: Yeah, no no she, no, no, she did. I mean, you can literally hear her. Like, when before you even notice that Malus and Silver are not there, you can hear her choking up. Like, Brina Larson, who is the voice of Navia in the English VA, before you acknowledge that they're gone, she is already like trying to catch herself because she's trying to keep from sobbing because she has to maintain this this professional like she's the head of this penis. She ha- she cannot afford to emotionally break down right now.
1: I feel that. And the
0: delivery. Ew, damn. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. Uh, Brina did a fantastic job. But as things start to kind of settle and start to fall into place, she's like. Can you, can you come with me to my father's grave? He's like, I, I just need to, to go and just get, get get some fresh air right now. And we go and we follow her. And when we get up there, like, she completely, like, like, breaks down. Like, she, like, drops down and she just starts, like, bawling. Because, you know, she admits, she's like, yes, Melus and Silver went down to save the people of Poisson. But it was my idea. It was my plan. And because they followed through with my plan, I'm the reason they got caught in the water and why they dissolved. And you have this flashback with her where they go when they visit Navia's grave site together. You have this like black and white flashback into when they went there together. And she's like, you know, maybe, you know, should, I, should we bring something to eat or have a glass of wine while we're here? You know, whenever I come to see my father, I would like, maybe we can have a picnic because I feel like you should bring something to on your visit. And Malus, like, I think it's Malus, says like, well, you know, if it's not too much to ask, you know, whenever I pass, would it be okay for me to be buried next to Master Callus? Because I did serve him as his right hand and that would also, you know, that would save you a trip to having to visit me somewhere else. It would be nice if you come visit us all together. And they kind of like laugh at it, and Silver's like, "You know what? That's not a bad idea. I too would like to be married, to be buried on the other side of of Master Callus, if that would be fine." And they're joking about it, and then Navi's like, like, "Oh hey, yeah, that'll I, never."
1: I... It's like, "Hey guys, y'all being too serious."
0: Yeah, Navi's like, "I don't like this conversation, but okay, okay, yes. Yeah, so whenever it happens, we'll all be laid to rest here together." And then when it comes back to the present, and now she's crying because. There's nothing to bury. There's there's nothing for her to lay to rest next to her father because they were caught in the water and they're gone. So now she's just she's wondering like was was it worth it? Because but at the same time like she she gives the traveler a list of all the people that got were basically were dissolved and caught up in the water and plus on. And there's, it's a whole list of actual names of NPCs and like one person's like daughter or something that got caught up because so we've found him and he was bawling as well.
1: Yeah.
0: But we, we, you know, the traveler just tells us, I was like, Hey, you can't look at it that way. You know, basically yeah, so and Malouche were Malouche heroes were, for what were they heroes.
1: did. Yeah. They, um, they got more people out, more lives would have been lost if it weren't for them.
0: Exactly. It's like, think about how much bigger this list would have been if they hadn't have enacted your rescue plan. And as we're going through this, we get approached by Arlecchino, and Arlecchino walks up. And basically, what we find out is that Arlecchino and the Fatui have been pouring like all their resources into the rescue effort as well, into helping Poisson, because Arlecchino, again, if you remember, is from Fontaine. Like she's she's doing everything she can, even as a Fatui harbinger, to try and avert this prophecy and do what she can to save her homeland. So she like she's like you know I'm sorry for what happened to Melus and and Silver, but you know we we have to we have to keep up with what what's going on now. And Navi is like thinking you if you know because I guess Navi was very skeptical. About yeah, the like the Fatui just arrived. happened
1: to be in the area, and they were like, "Well, might as well yeah. go help."
0: Yeah, it's like, "Oh, that's very convenient." But Arlecchino reveals that the the members of the House of the Hearth had found some ruins near Poisson that pertain to the prophecy, and she had sent some of her servants to look for it. But because the earthquake hit, she pulled them back. Said, "We can deal with the with that later." We need to go help the people of Fontaine, which is kind of incredible to hear coming from a Fatui harbinger because we're always thinking of them as like, you know, the bad guys. So to see that, you know, be Arlecino like, this is more important. is very, very cool. And it's really like every time we run into Arlecino and she talks and we kind of get behind her motives and what she's doing, the more I like her. And the more I respect her as a character build, and I'm so excited to see how she gets fleshed out through the rest of Fontaine and then moving into Natland and stuff. Because I that'll really be, like yeah, Arlechino.
1: that'll be really interesting. Um, I also yeah, will, she, probably hope that she uh, doesn't get killed off as well.
0: I can't see her getting as as much as like a gray area character as Arlecchino is. Like she's almost like borderline good right now. I can't see them taking that approach with her because, like, with Senora, like, Senora was just bad the whole time through. She was just the antagonist. Like, nothing she did was nice or gray area or middle of the road. There was none of that. She was just she was just in it to win it. That was it. So I, I don't see them doing that to Arlecchino. So I think they're going to give her a lot more fleshing out as the story goes on.
1: Yeah, but you never know.
0: That is also very, very true. So, But I'll keep my fingers crossed and we can hope. So in lieu of the Fatui going and checking out the stuff about the Prophecy and the Ruins, she asked the Traveler to do her a favor as thanks for helping out with Poisson and stuff to do it on her behalf. Can you go and look into this? It can be very, very important. And Navi's like, how about I come along too? And we're like, "Uh, I don't I think that's a good idea because there's yeah, ruins, there's well, rising water. Yeah, but
1: also like she's grieving; she needs time to, yeah, you know, just she needs just a break.
0: Yeah, but Navi's like, you know, no, this is good. I need a distraction to keep my mind off things. Otherwise, I'm gonna go here. I'm just gonna sit in a chair and I'm just gonna be sad. And I can't do that. So uh, I kind
1: of like, feel that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a very much to it's it's. A way a lot of people feel grieving is like, I can't just sit here and be sad. I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep doing something. Otherwise, I'm just going to grieve, you know, in per- perpetuity. So I, I can't do that. So Arlachino says, yeah, I think that's a fine idea. Um is going to basically take over the head of the relief efforts in Poisson with uh, with the Fatui and the, and the Spina. And Navia and the Traveler Piemont are going to go inspect the ruins. So when we go there, we arrive at the ruins, and we find that it is indeed flooded with primordial seawater. Um, and yeah, we're the like, Navia, is, is... I mean,
1: you should probably go back. It's not safe. But there is not yeah. a path back, so they yeah. have no choice but to continue.
0: Yeah, and because the bridge say... was collapsed. We had to...
1: Yeah, no, and I have to say the way that, like, it was, like, pan... the camera panned out as we were oh, getting yeah. to that bridge like that was something I was not expecting
0: yeah no it did that twice where it lets you really like take in the scenery as you're making your way through the ruins and that, that was a very nice touch
1: yeah
0: and I think they got a lot of that from the uh from the Dodo cart that we had in the uh in the Fontaine the carnival event because when we went and did like the loop to loops it would like pan out and let you see like the whole area around the cart and everything and it was very cinematic I think they t- kind of took it from that. Um, but it was a nice touch it really helped build up the atmosphere
1: oh yeah
0: yeah but we we go through and as we're we're trying to explore the ruins we find that a bridge begins to collapse and we're like okay and we get a cutscene to where like the traveler and Navier are like I mean high across this across this bridges. It's literally crumbling beneath yeah, them.
1: Yeah, it's like crumbling beneath their feet and they're running and it's really intense. And then Navia falls into
0: the water. Yep, so Navia, like the traveler jumps and he makes it and Navia jumps, but she doesn't make it in time and begins to fall towards the water. So the traveler spins and jumps in after her, reaches out his hand and he tries to catch her. And it's that very much like, you know, you're so close to where like their fingertips brush against each other. And all we see is Navia falling into the water, and then it just fades to black. And then it wakes up, and Navia is, like, in Poisson, but everything looks really weird. Like, it's got kind of like that underwater feel to it, and it's all kind of, like, green and gray looking.
1: Yeah, I think the the filter they had on these cutscenes was was really adding to the atmosphere.
0: Oh, absolutely. And but also in Poisson we see that Malus and Silver are there. And you know they're they're just joy on happy. Like, oh, I you know it's so good to to you know to see you down below. It's like how, how how are you? Like and are you okay? Like, you're like, like oh.
1: you look like you're spacing out.
0: Yeah, it's like do you remember what's going on? And she's like. No, what's happening and they kind of like had this exchange like yeah we were doing this thing and i was like oh um yeah yeah no we, we, i yeah no I, I just forgot i must have just slipped off or something and it's like well come on it, it's, it's almost time you know and she's like time for what well it's it's time for your trial and she's like what and as the scene shifts, suddenly we're in the opera Epicles.
1: Oh, yeah. This is where things got a little freaky. <laughs> it yeah,
0: it really like, starts getting weird.
1: Yeah, this is really like, like, Silver Melusa defending her and Navia seeing that everybody in the audience were victims of the recent tragedy. And
0: it's... Yeah, because, like, she, she goes and she names them. And they're all the names that were on the list of the people that got dissolved in Poisson as well. Um... And it turns out the the one the person that's prosecuting us is uh, Joinville, which he says that you know she goes like you know Navi is like would you, you know you have always given everything that you have for the people of Poisson, you have always had the most generous spirit and you have always done everything that you can for the people. Would you not agree to this? And she's like. If I'm being charged with being a good person, I mean, I mean, I guess so. Yes. And he's like, "Oh, fantastic! Then you, then you agree, and therefore the trial can come to an end as you know she has admitted her guilt, and it is time for you to join us." And the audience is like, "Yay! Navi is going to join. Is going to come back home. She's going to join us." And Navi is kind of like, "What?" Yeah, Silver and, and Malus and-
1: are trying to defend her, like. Like, well, no, they, she's not going to join you guys. What are you on?
0: Yeah, so that was interesting because Melus and Silver at the beginning were kind of like into it. But as they declare this guilty verdict, Melus is kind of like – he starts shaking his head. And he's like – he starts grumbling. He's like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. And Silver snaps to it as well. And they're like, no, this is a farce. And Amelia Malus and Silver just, like, step up. And this is when they go, like, full, like, you know, trial defense mode. And as they're talking about it, it's like they start having this exchange with the prosecutor, the audience, where they're like, you know, no, she's not special. You know, her, you know, yeah, she's a nice person, but her kindness can join the rest of us. You know, she's just like, she's just like, you know, the rest of us, again, Milton, why is she so special? and malousse is like the the mass vote on this of whether she is guilty is not a sense of justice and if you would seek to punish her because you have a sense of jealousy because she has this trial this opportunity to not you know come into a collective but to retain her individuality to stay a person you are just jealous of this and that is not justice.
1: Yeah, that's that's really, like, psychologically really weird.
0: Yeah, and they're just like, if that, they're you know, like, oh, well, you need to adhere to, to the judgment and the justice of the masses. Like, if your justice is flawed, why should we abide by it? And they have this they back and forth. They keep on having this
1: back and forth until Nouvellet shows up and is like, he puts on the dad voice and goes, enough!
0: He does. And what I thought was really cool, Neuville that shows up, and when he slams down his cane and he makes that announcement, there is a flash of color that, like, of natural color that goes through. Because normally you've got this kind of like water grayscale thing going on, and he says, Enough! And he slams his cane down, and there's a flash of full on color. And he's kind of like, These charges are ridiculous. This this is not going to stand, and I will this trial will will not hold up. And he turns and he looks at Navia. He's like, Miss Navia, you need to come with me right now. He's like, if you want to leave, you have to come with me. And Malus and Silver turn and they look and basically say their final goodbyes. Like they they say their their last farewells to navia and when we wake up navia is back in the ruins with the traveler and paimona and nuvlette and nuvlette says you know i was able to pull you out of the water just before before you dissolved before your consciousness faded
1: cuz he because and she was protected by two oceanids
0: yeah, he's like, I'm not sure why, but he says, I believe I saw and it may have just been a fraction of a second, but two oceanists were protecting you just long enough for me to get you out. And I mean, my my heart sank I when that happened. I know,
1: right? Ow!
0: Because like, even after like death, Melus and Silver still went out of their way to protect her. And I mean, ab- absolute just ace just, NPCs. T- yeah. Top tier. I mean, they, they were always great and entertaining, even throughout the Archon quests, but the fact that they carried on and went to this degree, I mean, just, yeah, fantastic. Just just the amazing, real ones, for amazing real? characters. Exactly. Yeah, Malus and Silver are the real ones. So we give Navius, since he's like. He's like, let's, you're a traveler, and why won't you come talk with me over here? Because he he wants to give Navia like a moment to like to herself to try and you know really you know collect herself after everything has happened. But he he brings them over and he's kind of like, yes, I I'm aware that that she may need some space to grieve, but what now (laughs) he has no idea what to do or what to talk about
1: yeah he doesn't know like (laughs) you think he's really like one for social interaction
0: no he doesn't know what's going on he was just so just awkward he's like yeah i thought she would get some space but what 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 now like um yeah so like pine was like trying to have conversation with him of just like random topics. It's
1: like you normal things Paimon would probably want to talk about. And Nuvalet's just like not reciprocating.
0: No, he, he he cannot carry a conversation at all. He's like, oh yes, that sounds nice. And that's that's the end of it.
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah. Love him. But
0: Oh <laughs> he's, he's really, really good. So Nuvelet does reveal that he had come to Poisson after organizing relief efforts, to come and meet up with the traveler in Navia and to try and help things. and But when he went to Poisson, he found Arlecchino leading the Fatui in the relief effort, and he was surprised to see that. But Arlecchino had told Nouvellet where we had gone, to the ruins. And so he came to meet up with us, and fortunately, he he found us. You know, that was very much a, a, a you know... The, the ace in the hole when he came in and was just happened to be there to save Navia at the last second. And as we, and we're like, okay, and Navia collects herself, she's like, okay, I, I think I'm good to go. You know, let's 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 keep moving. Let's do this thing. We've got to find a way out of here before the waters start to rise or something. And so we carry through and we go deeper into the ruins and we find these
1: No, but like before we Uh, get to that part, I just gotta say the whole like climb up the the ruined tower with it collapsing beneath you. Oh oh, yeah. That was awesome. I wish we get more of that in the future.
0: Yeah, no, that was really as we're going across the bridge and the bridges like crack and then you gotta dash and they crumble off beneath you. And then you gotta do like the the wall scaling, like old like God of War like platforming thing where you got like the wooden boards you have to scale on the side of the wall. And then as you do that, they're cracking and they're crumbling as you get off them. No, it was it was a very very nice touch. That was as awesome.
1: Like, I really, I do seriously hope we get more stuff like that in the future.
0: I I do too because it gives more life to the world for sure, and makes it feel more, you know, a, a, as a living, breathing environment, not just a stationary set piece. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I would have for, completely forgotten to touch up on that. But no, that that's a very great touch. But as we go into the ruins, we find these slates. And there's three of them. And we find out that the the three slates that we see pertain to the prophecy. We see people kneeling um and like they're looking towards like a floating island in the sky.
1: You know, it's like we all know is Celestia. You don't have to be So vague about it.
0: We know. Yeah, yeah. As, As players, we know that that's Celestia. And like that's them praying up. But also in there, it looks like there's some kind of like darkness or like some kind of judgment coming down as well. And then in the third image, we see Furina in like inside, like in water. And then she's surrounded by like a ring of people. And then in the fourth one, we see... That it's the final stage of the prophecy where the people of Fontaine will be dissolved, and the Hydro Archon will be will weep alone on her throne. Because we, but we have these three. But Nouvelle points out that there is another slate that is missing. Yeah, it's because like it's the obviously, first
1: slot is like covered by like vines and just overgrowth and rubble. Yeah, it's
0: it's like yeah, it's crumbled, it's rubble, it's it's overgrown. The slot like, is also empty. Sl-
1: yeah.
0: Yep. So he says that he also thinks that there's also something off with the order of the slates as well. Because we're missing that first one. But Nouveau looks at it and he comes to to the conclusion that the the main person that's praying in the second image that's praying to Celestia is Egeria, which was the original Hydra wirecon and he states that, judging by the look at the picture, that Egeria seems to be asking for forgiveness for some grave sin that she has committed. But he's he's not sure exactly what that is at this time. So he's like, we try to decipher what we can from these, but that's pretty much all that we can get out of it. Like We, we can't really like, deduce these. Yeah, we all, kind are, of, not with yeah we
1: all kind of leave the ruins and part our ways. Now we are going to, you know, check on Poisson and the Spina, de, of what remains of the Spina de la Rosa, and Nouvellet mm-hmm. goes to confront Farina.
0: Yeah, and we, we go back and we get some rest at the Spina headquarters that Navia lets us stay at. So, we get back and... As we're are resting, we're, we're collecting ourselves. We run by by strange circumstance. Our favorite, you know, astrologer Mona.
1: Yeah, yay! The supposed mascot of the resonance.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, she was or is, I guess. Um, but Mona says that she actually came to Fontaine for some business to do. I think an interview. Uh, personally pertaining to things like the prophecy with the Steenberg, with Charlotte, actually, of all people.
1: No, well, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. But immediately, like, Poma's like, hey, Mona, just just to be safe, it's like, you're not from Fontaine, are you? And Mona's like, I mean, I, I know, it's like, I mean, I've studied in Fontaine and done things like that, but, you know, I was born in Montstadt and I think just with the situation, like, it was just Paimon and the Traveler just being like, hey, things are going on here. Is it's it like, safe are you sure it's right
1: safe? Now? Yeah, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but Mona's like, no, I, I'm, I'm from, I'm from, uh, I'm from Mondstadt. So we are asking them if, can a prophecy, does, does a prophecy always have to, to fulfill itself? Does it always have to, you know, come to fruition the way it's going to play out? And she's like, well, normally, yes, but I don't really know a whole lot as far as like if things can be changed or whether we all just have our roles to play in the way a prophecy for, plays out or not. But she does state that the, the the members of the Hexen Circle, the witches of that have things like Alice... And, I was, you know, and we uh, like, got
1: Barbaloth, and Yeah, Mage Barbaloth,
0: and Try Magistus. That, that they would know. Yeah, <laughs> Try uh, Which, that whole exchange about how their names work was was really funny. Yeah, that was um, really fun.
1: I, I think that, that was a nice little detail.
0: Yeah, like, wasn't like, like Magistus supposed to be like Mona, like the Great, or something like that? Yeah, Magistus like is the bar- like
1: the Great, or something. Yeah. And so the barbell was like, well then I'll be
0: the trimagestice. Which is like, you know, the thrice as great just to like it's just this petty, like to one up, I guess. Um, Love that for her. No, the, the, what a queen. Yeah, no, the Hexen circle is a trip. Every time we run in and talk to them, they're just they're they're very silly. Um, but yeah, so we're like, hey, you know, can you get in touch? Can you ask if maybe one of them can talk to us or kind of you know, Help us figure out this prophecy thing. And Mona's like, well, I won't promise anything, but when I'm done with my interview, I will ask for you. So like, okay, I mean, thank you. So the next day, we go to see Nuvolet to see if he's gotten any information on the prophecy, if he's able to get anything out of Furina. And as we walk up, Sedin's it, like, Sedin's oh. like,
1: so they're fighting. Yeah, um, it's like,
0: yo, oh, I'm glad that you're here because... They're really having it out in there.
1: Yeah, like they're, I don't know what's going on, but like it's not good.
0: Yeah. And when we go and we talk to him, like it it chimes in and we look inside. And Nuvolet is, I mean, he is just grilling Furina. He's like, if you have something that we can do to alleviate this, or if you have any knowledge on the prophecy or to what we found about these tablets, you have to tell us now. It's like, you cannot withhold. Like, I understand that there is a thing about the knowledge of the gods and that your divinity, but this is, this, this real things are happening. I have like, to know what yeah, you he, know, he like what shows you're doing her a to list of the
1: victims.
0: Yeah, she, he's like, if you need to know, like, this is what happened. These are the people that died in Poisson because the things of the prophecy are coming to pass. And Fiorina has spent all this time, like, trying to, like, Walk her way around his questions. not Just tell him, like, just trust in me. Don't worry about it. I've got it handled. But when he hands her the list of victims, Firina, like, is, like, shocked. And you can actually see, like, see it in her character. Like, she, like, she loses. She has nothing to say. And Nubla's, like, is, like, I understand and I respect you as the Archon. But this will not happen again. I mean, whatever it has to be done, something like this is not going to happen again, full stop. And he continues to try, and he asks her, he's like, I will ask you one more time.
1: Really scolding her her like she's a child.
0: (laughs) I mean, he is giving her a full dressing down. And he's like, what do you know about the Slate and the Prophecy and the previous Archon?
1: Yeah, And she's and all like, re- you, she's like, Jiria and I are two separate people. Like, I'm not going to privy into my predecessor's secrets. And besides, yeah, like, I don't... I'm the current Archon. Here's going to be my order. Stop asking me questions. And then she runs off, not even noticing the Traveler at the door.
0: <laughs> yeah, the way that she just like, I'm the Archon. You're the dragon. You listen to me. And that's the roles that are played. And yeah, she runs out and she doesn't even look at us. Like, we see her dash out. This is kind of like slow motion where she jumps past. And she doesn't even, like, pay any notice to us at all. And so we, we walk in, like, asking her, like, hey, well, what's going on? And he's like, he, he was trying to get answers out of Farina. But she will not answer the questions and the only time you will ever get anything direct out of her is when she absolutely has to. And we come up with the plans like, well, if we're going to do this, then we the best way to do this will be to put her on trial. And I don't want to do this, but I think this is going to be the best solution.
1: Have so to put we, her on trial.
0: Yeah. So the Traveler gets in contact with Navia, the siblings, and Clorin. And we all meet up in Poisson with Nouvellet. And start trying to concoct a plan to which they can get Farina on on trial to force her to reveal her secrets. And to handle the prophecy like hands-on. Like, we have to make her do something. And... We're having this chat, and we're going over our plan. And as we've wrapped that up, and we head back, and we're sitting out, we're reflecting on what exactly we're all, everybody, the roles everybody is going to take in this. A cup of tea appears on a table next to us, and there's a voice, and we're approached. The voice is like. The mysterious mage N.
1: Who, actually, by who... the way, that may have also been the voice of the person we heard at the end of the Sumeru Archon quests. And yeah, I think also, Paimon says that. Yeah, and also, also has been been sort of like the person to write, who been quoted, who's been listed as writing some of the recent character descriptions, like Farinas, for example, like when they do the drip marketing they attribute that as being written by mage
0: n oh that's cool i didn't know that that's awesome um but yeah so like mage n like we're asking like hey do these things have to come to pass and she's much like yeah pretty much it's like all you can really do is just play your part in the story and but at the was what she said saying like there are places where the blind like gaze even does God's gaze fall. has, yeah, like the God's gaze has has blind spots. Is like, yeah, are I talked about that, that line with God's. you, yeah. You did, you did very much so. So we kind of try and reflect on that, and then next day we talked to Mona, and Mona's like, yeah, I wouldn't have had my interview, and I talked to Charlotte about the prophecy, but I wasn't able to get anyone in the Hexen Circle to agree to come. But then we tell her that, oh well, Mage N came and visited us, and I was like, oh, well, then if if she's talking to you, then it's very important. Then this is a big deal because I guess N is like very like into things like yeah, she's um I think it's explained it's
1: explained in the um in the we had the event with the mages, uh, Mm -hmm. the Hexen Circle event. I believe it's explained that um and is aware of when Iman soul is tampered with and things okay. of that nature
0: oh. oh that's awesome that's actually very interesting. I didn't know that as well was I around for that event I have no idea when was there a major event
1: that was the um the heck that was the windblown festival with Kale and sucrose
0: that's right when we went up when we went to the uh, the banquet table
1: yeah in the mountain that was the gotcha, hex and circle gotcha. stuff
0: gotcha 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 Okay, so, yeah, but, but I guess apparently whenever she starts talking of things, like, things are serious. So, it's was like, okay, well, well we're going to reflect on that. But Paimon's like, yeah, I'm, I'm let's let's go take for a while, let's go get something to eat.
1: Yeah, Paimon so we was, go back the, yeah, she was not having yeah. a good time.
0: No, well, nobody's having a good time right now. And so we go back to the Hotel de Borde, and we're going to get a bike to eat, and Paimon's like, oh, hey, there's that cake that they only have 16 slices a day of that we had with, you know, Arlecchino and Fiorina. Let's go get a slice. And when we go to get it, like, Sadine's there. And Sadine's like, you know, Sedin is ordering herself a piece of cake. We're like, hey, Sadine, quick quick question. If, if the world were, to, if basically the floods were to happen tomorrow and everything would be gone, what would you do?
1: She was like, just continue Sedin, on as normal.
0: Yeah, Sedin's like, well, oh, I'm not going to let what happens tomorrow affect what's happening today. So even like, though I'm I still may gonna not going to eat.
1: I'm still going to do my yeah. routine.
0: It's like, even though I might not have cake and coffee tomorrow, that shouldn't stop me from having it today. And so she's just going to keep carrying on and That's doing sort her of thing.
1: Yeah, like live every day like it's your last.
0: Exactly, and she also buys us some, some cake as well. Like, I love I the way cake. that
1: she talks to us, like when she's like, "Oh yes," uh, like she told me that, like this is like you're sad right now. Okay, you're sad, so I'm gonna get you guys some cake, and that will make you guys feel better. Like I yeah, that will make the sadness that.
0: go away. Yeah, it'll make <laughs> no, the it was really go sweet. Away.
1: I thought that was like so cute.
0: <laughs> no, I, no, the the, the melazine are great. The melazine really are great. I love them. So we're like okay, I mean I guess so. So then we leave and we go to the Steamburn and we run into Charlotte, and Charlotte's like still going over her interview that she had gotten from Mona. And we ask Charlotte the same question like, hey Charlotte, if Fontaine were flooded, what would you do? And Charlotte's like, well, on the one hand, I would probably try to get out of here, but on the second hand, I'm a journalist, and to be here on site as things are going down would be like the most amazing journalistic report ever so even if i were to get swept away even if i were to get dissolved if i were able to get a report and document one this out as it's happening before
1: I before i go away that would be awesome
0: yeah like like charlotte's like if it would be an end you know it shall be such an end It's like i'm gonna go out and, and just do my thing i'll keep you keep go going out with
1: a bang go bigger Go exactly
0: home. And we're like, well, I mean, I, t- I guess that makes sense. And we, uh, Paimon and the traveler were going to sit and Paimon asked Travel "Like, what would you do? And the Traveler's like, you know, I mean, I would just keep, keep going in Teyvat, And I still have to go. I still have to find my sister. I still have to do these things. And we so, we keep like, on
1: exploring. And we'd go to various worlds. And, you know, I'd want to take Paimon with me. I'd feel bad yeah. leaving her.
0: Absolutely. But it's kind of interesting how we're having these things and like there there are time skips going on in the story as we're doing this and like it's like going like days at a time, like, hey, it's been a few days we do this, it's been a few days we do that. And all this time, Clorin and Navia, Lenny Lynette, Friminet, Nouvelle, everybody getting, is still. They're getting
1: the trap ready.
0: They're organizing the trap exactly. And we go down And and one day, we, we find out that there, we run into Isadora, who says that there was, like, a small, like, riot in the opera epicles. Because apparently, during one of the operas that Farina was watching, some people in the crowd started, basically started yelling at her. And started, like, ribbing her, basically, like, asking her, you know, what's going on with the prophecy? What's going on? It's like, are you are you doing anything? Are you going to solve this? And even though it started off with just a few people, eventually,
1: like, bunch more people joined in.
0: Yeah, the whole crowd like started like going in and basically demanding that Farina do something. And to which Farina just basically had just just left. She says, "I've got it under control. Don't worry about it." And she just left. And when we hear about that, it was like knowing the way that Fiorina thinks and the way that she acts she probably went back to Poisson to reflect on what her lack of action has caused like Furina's like she's going to go because the incident happened in Poisson she's going to go and get a first hand view of what exactly transpired and when we go back to Poisson this is exactly what we find we find Furina in Poisson like morning, yeah, and... mourning
1: over the loss of the people there, yeah and and we we try to comfort she... her, and then some people show up and they're starting to chase her. We managed to and we run off with her, we managed to persuade her to enter a house, mm-hmm. and we managed to the... convince her like you know we're not from Tevat, like you can just tell us anything, we're not from Tevat we'll be here for you.
0: It's like if there's something you want to let off because we're not if you have some secret you're trying to hide from the people of Fontaine, you can it on us because, you know, we're from like from beyond the stars like we're not here. So we can be an outlet for you to let off whatever is weighing on your chest right now.
1: I gotta say, and, this next part, yeah, the transition, you hear the rumbling, and you're like, oh no, the water's level, mm-hmm. the water level's rising, but then it rumbles again, mm-hmm. and the then the house falls apart, and it it's revealed to essentially be one big magic box, like, from the yep. beginning of and, the Archon Quest, and I just, the transition between that, that was, mwah, that was amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah, it, I was, was so really taken good. away by, like, the transition.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I didn't you see, exactly like, over that it, there. Was going
1: to be a, it was going to be a magic box because I was like, oh, no. Like, the water yep. levels are rising. And then it was like, oh, it's a magic box. And I was like, huh, okay. That's pretty yeah, sick. And
0: yeah, and we go over, like, what happened is, like, apparently through these last, last couple of days, this week, like, during this whole time of organizing this trap, the, the Fatui had built this magic box and they had dug a tunnel from Poisson all the way to the opera house in which to, just like in Lenny's Magic Trick in the very first act of the Archon Quest, to transport this box over.
1: And And so the, the the rumbles we heard was the box being transitioned.
0: Yep. And we find out that the riot that happened in the opera epic quest, the first few people, the instigating members were members of the Spina di Rosula, which are like, she's they like dressed yeah, we them already in, like, knew that.
1: in like common clothes and like, mm-hmm. and they just they you molded know, it with and, the people. Yeah,
0: yeah. We, we knew that it was just like people's like the tension was so high. All it needed was a spark to set it off, and that's what they did. So now it's come that. This, that, when we were in the box, when we were talking, like, hey, if you need something to say, something to confess while, you know, while we're in this room, you can say it. And Farina was on the verge, like, of, of mouthing, like, the truth is, and then the walls fell down. And now that we're on the stage and we're in the opera because we're looking around, Farina's like... You know, I mean, the truth is, the only thing left to do is to go through with this trial that you set up for me. And it was pretty much the trial. We're trying to give her a chance to to fess up to or to let out whatever she needed to do before it got to this point. But they were just like a second too short. So now, as we begin the trial, we are accusing Farina of being a fake archon of not being the archon at all and as we do this back and forth with with Furina like we are given the information that Charlotte got through her interview with uh, with Mona and with all the investigative reporting that she's been doing. So we have all these this like pretty much this historical or this like chronological list of everything that's happened that would attribute to Freya's. like, you know, well Furian is like, we believe that you're a fake Archon, you know, is like, well how could you know is like, Oh, well, how could I have lived for so long? It's like, Well there's all kinds of ways you can stand your lifespan. It's like for instance, like a curse. Or you could be, you know, a long-lived species.
1: You could be a long-lived species. Like, you could be another dragon, for all we know.
0: Mm -hmm. But every time that we try to hit Furina with, like, what about this? Like, Furina always dances around it and basically tries to, like, turn the question back on us. And we kind of have to, like, keep deducing these points and, well, what about this? And to which she would make a retort and get around the answer, anything she could try and do, but she never really says anything concrete to solidify herself as the archon, as much as she's just trying to to dismantle our argument, to 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 make our accusations false, rather than bolstering her stance as an archon. But throughout the, all the back and forth, and we do have this whole like the mini game, like the the thought provoking and I'm applying like, yeah, the different uh... and the notes to whatever point we're trying to prove it finally comes down to a point where we're kind of like well there is a way that you can prove that maybe you're not human that maybe you are the archon and,
1: and this is by is, making you touch some primordial seawater
0: yep yeah, yeah we we we'll, we have some primordial seawater that was gathered from poisson and if you touch it and you don't dissolve, then that would or erase out. Like, you doubt. know, you mm-hmm. don't
1: experience any symptoms like Fremine did. Um, yep. Then you're good to go.
0: Then we would have to admit it. And Nouvellet overseeing this entire trial is kind of like, this is very out of the ordinary. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to.
1: Yeah, like, he gives her, a, like, a chance to back out. But Farina is so set on, like proving well, to everyone that she's the Archon
0: that, like... Well, it's not that. it's not that. It's also that the members of the audience are like, yeah, he has to give her that option, but if she refuses to do it, she might as well just admit to being guilty of not of being human.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: So, it's a damned if she does and damned if she doesn't.
1: Damned, damned if you do, damned if you don't.
0: Exactly. And I don't even have to bleep that, because that's just a general turn of phrase. But, um... And we, she has this pool, and she see her, she's, like, breathing, she's panting, she's she's very stressed out. But then finally, she, like, thrusts her hand in the water, and everybody, like, Navia, the Traveler, like, Paimon covers her eyes, are like, whoa, hold on, don't do that. And she holds it, and then she pulls her hand, her back hand back. Like, out, huh.
1: and she's like, look, I'm fine, and then they get Siegewing to come up on stage and do a quick check-up on her, and Siegewing's like, um... Yeah, these are experiences of like diluted primordial water um, intake of so, like. Yeah, she's human. <laughs> basically,
0: yeah, she's like Farina's. Like, yeah, see, I'm fine. Does that pro- prove everything? But like you said, Siegwin says no. C-Dween's she's okay. like
1: no. She's no, uh, no. her skin's a little flushed.
0: Yeah, she's got heavy breathing, and what happened? I guess because because of the severity of recent events and everybody being dissolved in Poisson and whatnot, they didn't want for anybody to have to see that again. So instead of bringing the primordial seawater straight from Poisson, they got a diluted amount of water. Yeah. Like I said, like
1: experience anything similar that Fremena experienced.
0: Exactly. So it goes up and basically at this point, like Farina just starts panicking. She's like, She's like pleading with I was like, you have to believe me. I am your Archon. It's like there's nothing else I, I could be. It's like I am the I am the the Archon that that you know that you love. You have to please believe me.
1: No, please believe me. Oh gosh. Yeah.
0: And and yeah, I mean she's she is straight up crying. She's like, you don't understand. It's like you have to believe me. And like the travel, like Looks away, and even the audience starts turning away. They're like, "No, there's nothing she can say to convince us." And she just sits in her chair and just utterly resigned. You just see like the tears rolling down her cheeks. I know. And and Nouvelle's kind of like, you know, I you know I conclude the the trial and I declare Farina guilty of fraud, and we shall now turn return to the oratrice uh, Mechanee Natalie's Cardinal for the there final verdict. There you go.
1: What?
0: Yeah. I'm not going to say in the cadence. We're not going to do the damn song, but... I will. um, (laughs) We'll play that next time. Uh, But basically when the... Coward that you are. Oh, God. When the Oratrice renders its verdict, he's kind of shocked by it. Because the wording of the final verdict is that it finds the Hydro Archon guilty and to be punished by the death sentence. Which is strange because weird, the entire because, trial yeah, was to say that Fremina is not
1: the Hydro Archon.
0: So people are like, well, this is the only time the death sentence has ever been given out. What does this mean? But just as this happened, Fremenay shows up. He's like, hey, am I late? He's
1: like, am I not actually- too late? And he has the whole, like, first late. And me, me and my friend, we were like, did he just, like, carry that all by himself?
0: Oh, man, I thought the same thing. It's like, man, dude's got to be, like, packing or something because he just carried in this giant stone slab.
1: Just, like, all by- especially through, like, water and everything. Like, you know that's got to be heavy. <laughs> right?
0: Right. But he sits on the tablet and Nuvolet says, I will analyze it now because I can read it. And also there are traces of Hydra to where I can draw the magic out of it to decipher its meaning. And what we see is that in the first tablet as part of the prophecy, what had happened was that Egeria, the original hydro Archon, having heard the pleas of the Oceanids who had seen humans on the land and very much had this romanticized idea of human life and interaction, wanted to leave this collective mentality of the ocean in nature and to experience life as human beings. But Egeria does not have the way to create human beings. Like, only Celestia can do that. So Egeria basically took the primordial seawater And from what Nouvellet says, put it into their veins, which manifested the oceanids into human vessels.
1: Yeah. And then if they were to experience, be exposed to primordial seawater, they would return to their original state.
0: Exactly. So if if you put the water in to manifest you as human beings, but if you touch the water again, then you will return to being an oceanid. So...
1: And you know, as par- she didn't get permission to do this from Celestia, or rather the heavenly principles, uh, she had sinned for, you know, appropriating the power of the Primordial Sea, which that Ex- is yeah. a whole thing that we do not have time to get into.
0: Ah. Yeah, and that, yeah, it's that, a huge deal. So basically, Aegirius said, like, yeah, no, my 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 people want this. I'm going to do it with or without the blessings of Celestia. And basically just did it. And like you said, she's a Celestia deemed them for this grave sin. And that because of that, the Hydro Archon and all the people of Fontaine will be punished for this.
1: Yeah, and also and we go was, on and continuing to analyze the rest of the slates now that we have all the, all of them. The yep. third slate does not show primordial sea it's sort of a symbolization of judgment and so you know it shows that they would put the hydro archon on trial and and the four slates a sign of things to come which means they basically instead of in trying to do this to avoid the prophecy from coming true basically just followed it
0: Yeah, yeah, we learned by, like, because we tried to, yeah, we tried to get freedom to come out and to avert the prophecy, but all we did was firsthand make it happen. And it's at this point that the entire ground begins to shake and, and the whole opera house begins to vibrate with another earthquake. And we just have the, the giant narwhal the whale that we saw in our child vision, like, burst out of the ground. And basically, Nouvellet's, like, firing off his hydro spells and trying to keep this thing off. And as the people are, like, fleeing and running and trying to get out of the opera house, and the whale turns and goes to, like, devour the people, Could and your explained boy it's shows like, up. It's
1: like a giant It's a giant creature that consumes, like, anything, which... You know that is it's. I've talked about this before, but it's really similar to a creature that I have in like my stories and worlds. I have a creature that's kind of like that, though it's a dragon, not a massive whale. Uh, but um, but yeah, it it's it's pretty much because it had been consuming stuff from the primordial sea and been responsible for it. It of course it would go for any remaining sources of the primordial sea. Thus the people of Fontaine. Thus the prophecy.
0: Yeah. So it's going after the people now and as Nuvlet's trying to hold them off, your boy Child shows up. And yeah, that's my he's boy. His, yeah, he's in his full foul legacy mode. And him and Nuvlet, I mean, are just going at it on this thing. And they manage to keep it off of the people to beat it back to where it retreats back into I guess into the abyss and child turns and looks and child is looking rough.
1: Yeah, he's not looking good. He even gives that sort of like thumbs down uh mm-hmm. thing seen in like, you know, back in the gladiator days. You know yeah, what that means. He, <laughs>
0: yeah, but then he just he just dives back in after it. And that's very much Yeah we needed like it was a fort was very fortunate that he was here yeah also
1: about about child in this situation i mentioned this to you that there's a sort of Mm -hmm. time difference between the surface and the abyss where like it's mentioned in child's story where when he fell into the abyss he had been training for three months but when he returned he had only been three days since he was gone missing yeah, so, so he's that's been in. There and so for like a somebody while. did the math, considering our sentence was roughly like 45 days, and then giving some like extra time discrepancy for when Child was sent to the jail to when we went after him, about roughly five days maybe. That's about 50 days. He was roughly yeah, I mean, in I, there for like four years fighting this whale.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's been fighting this thing for a long time. And, but he, now he's just able to delay it. Like we have to go, we have to help him. And we reflect on like the words of the prophecy is like, even N said, you know, the mage N said, like, you know, we have a role to play, but there is possibly a way to, the prophecy can fulfill itself, but that we can also still save everyone. Hence the, you know, the, 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 the God's blind spot. And we have this 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 flash happens, and then we see, you know, we we see what's happening with Farina, and we're like, we're, we you know, we have to we have to get to her before, you know, the the, the oratories are starting to to set off because we need answers. Like we, we can't have the oratories issue at the death sentence before we know what 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 to do to save these people. And as we try to to get to Farina, one of her tears lands on our hand and i guess that sends both nuvilet and the traveler into different like kind of like alternate realities almost yeah yeah and so on one we see nuvilet come into contact with focalor which is like the the divine aspects of the hydroarchon and the outfit is beautiful exp- by the way she is. No, it's, it's, it's a gorgeous that dress character. That beautiful. Model. And Foshuor basically says that everything that she's done was to deceive the heavenly principles. And to we kind of that. solve.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah,
0: and, and just try and, like, solve all these problems that Ageria had caused by, you know, giving the ocean is, like, human lives. And to try and circumvent this prophecy. And she said, like, the only way that I have a chance to save my people through this prophecy is to deceive the heavenly principles.
1: So pretty much, like, what yeah. he did was that when she became the Archon, she split her—she split herself in two. She had the human mm-hmm. Farina and the divine Fosolors, and yeah. Farina—she placed a curse on Farina, and so it was like as long as she, Fosolors existed, uh, Farina would not be able to die. And she could also not live her life and live her life. She had to essentially play the role as her.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you like have a, to. Even she though had to keep up are, the act. Yeah, you are human, but you have to maintain this this facade of being this divine archon. Like this is what you have to do. And it'll take a very long time, but you'll be able to save everyone is like are you okay yes. with this like and please like, mirror well, I mean, me
1: like please yeah. mirror me please succeed like that oof but yeah and but Farina that's like, on yeah, our I mean, side on our side yeah. of it we are witnessing everything farino went through as it's sort of playing out on a stage
0: mm-hmm. yeah because it starts off and you see like her first introduction Like she introduces herself and she's very nervous and when she she tries to take this meat, kind of like it's you know, nice oh, I'm so glad to be your Archon. Kind. I hope we can do this together. If you have anything you want me to do, just write me a letter. And the people are like, "This is not a god." It's like, what what is this? It's like this this can't be real. This just has to be like some puppet uh, that just set inside just to try, you know, put on a, a face. Yeah. And Farina realizes that she doesn't. What she has to do is to give off the grandeur of a god, like she has to have this this confidence, this
1: holier than this, thou,
0: exactly, in a quite literal and
1: sense. And
0: yeah, and that's when we get the whole, you know, the Farina's like, "Oh, my loyal subjects, you know, surely is like now you are truly fit to, you know, fit my rule since you have passed this this quirky little trial of mine," and it's with this new role that she's had to settle herself into that she's going to have to maintain until the prophecy can be resolved. And we see her like talking to people, like she like talks to like this person, from this family. She's like, Oh yes, you know, you're, you know, I know of your family. How was your son? And she's like, Talk, there's another scene where she's talking to her her to her people who work on her. It's like, what have you found out about the prophecy in this area? Have you been able to do anything? Like she's got people like working to try and solve these issues, but she's not getting anywhere with it.
1: And also a later a, scene where she's talking to a like descendant of that person that she first spoke to, and yeah, she's, she's like she's crying
0: generations or something. yeah, she's
1: crying and like she doesn't even notice that she's crying and she explains it away of being like an overflow of her element from her person and i was like <laughs> yeah
0: the thing that was really great about that is that I went to that and what it was is that at the beginning of each of these it says like um you know Furina, you know like act the, you know Furina, act, act like, in like day 5 or would something like that keep getting
1: longer and i think when we got to the final one you could see like scratches of like the numbers on the back of it. And I was like, Oh my goodness.
0: Well, what it was is like at the beginning, like she's got this, this very, you know, self-assured sense of voice. And on that day, when she's talking, like she said, to the descendant of the family, she talked to the first time, when that chapter starts, you can hear the break in her voice as she's talking
1: that you can and she, what she was asking she was crying and she was like yeah
0: she's I like smiling I and she's crying yeah because she's still smiling and she's trying to keep up this act but she she's like broken because after every day she went home she's like i'm so tired i'm just going to bed you know i'm just exhausted how long does this have to go on can i just talk to anybody can i just tell one person what's going on but she's like no no, I can't be selfish. I have to do this otherwise it's all for nothing. Um and Amber Lee Connors who is the voice for Farina just really, I mean rips your heart out with this entire act.
1: I know. Because
0: what's what's really cool about this like like you said the days like oh day 1, day 5, day whatever
1: Day 8,000
0: and something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like day seven hundred and fifty-six or something like that. And you can and see, you, you know,
1: like I, as you said, you can see the scratched like numbers in the background.
0: Well, the thing about that as well, if you take the number that they had on the final day of the prophecy, like the day before the trial that we're in right now, and you divide it by 356 days of a year, it comes out to 499 years and like 0.56 days. So they, it's, it's like, they really did it's the like, you're like, yeah, no, they did the math to where it, this is like the day that we were having this trial for Farina is, is year 500. And it's, it's just the, the amount that went into all this and you just re- like your, your entire heart breaks for Farina because her entire thing of kids Society, as long as she maintained this look of being uh, this this facade and this show of being the hydroarchon then she was doing her part but if anybody ever found out then all was lost and now she's been found out and it's over and we see what has happened and nouvelle sees about you know saw what Fochalor's plan was and he literally witnesses Fochelor surrendering herself to the Oratrice to what she basically she put made into her, place. She made
1: her own um, guillotine, pretty much. Yeah,
0: no, she did. She's like, this is gathering Indominium because at the end of five hundred years,
1: you will need like so much power it's... to destroy the throne of an Archon.
0: Yeah, because we're not only going to it. Not only has to kill me, but it has to. It has to be able to destroy the the actual one of the one of the seat of like the seven. So you know, the the rule of yeah, seven. You know, like, it has it's to like destroy the entire seat.
1: No, because it's like and also the seat itself, I think, has to be destroyed in order for the power of the hydro uh, you know, the hydro sovereign to be fully restored.
0: Exactly. And so this comes down and you watch as the energy the yeah, very
1: graceful dance as it flashes back and forth between Fosalors and Farina.
0: Yeah, and then it drops, and you see Farina's hat fall, and then you just you just watch as the Hydro Divinity returns to Nouvellet and whiffs off, and basically Farina, the curse is lifted, and Farina is, is turned back into a human. And all of Nouvellet's... Like you said, his his authority is fully restored. Like he is full on Hydro Dragon now. Um the Oratrice is no longer a thing. This is it it is all Nouvellet now. But Nouvellet's like And now okay. we ha-
1: and now into the abyss we go to fight
0: yep. the Narwhal. Yeah, he's like, I can beat this thing now. It's like traveler, you're my executor, you're coming with. And we chase after that dragon, the Primordial Sea. We go through this epic boss fight, which is now our one of our new weekly bosses. And has absolutely old better music. It does. No, the, the whole thing about the narwhal fight is really, really cool. And as we're getting ready to finish it off, a woman appears and basically transforms this thing into an orb looks at it, then throws it back into the void. And
1: child and too. Then, like child is also the, thrown into the abyss. She just
0: grabs child by the collar, just yeets him into the void after it. Oh
1: my god. Like gosh. he's nothing. Like literally just
0: and I, the oh my memes, god, it was I had seen it. That. So I saw like a meme
1: compilation of it where they had different scream audios for child getting thrown and it was hilarious.
0: And yeah, so we come to identify this woman as Skirk who was Child's Master. And she's like, you know, I'm really impressed because you were able to feed, you know, my master's pet, you know, with without the powers of the abyss. You know, her master, who was it? Sertologi? Sertologi, that's S- how it's pronounced. Sertologi, okay.
1: We, we don't know, and, of course, we don't know anything about him, but I did see an interesting theory that I still need to read on about who sertalogi might be. Which I will get you. Oh, I'm sure we're gonna touch to on you. that for sure. I'll, yeah, I'll get to you on that later. But the but other she starts
0: going off all these like names and titles, like Verd And then no, no, it's pronounced Veld Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, Veld sure. Um It's then, you know, it's from.
0: I have no idea. It's probably it, so it's from Norse mythology. German. In north okay. And Rhindertu, too, who is the, uh, what is that, the person that, or the, the witch that made Albedo. Isn't that, yeah. the, like, isn't she, like, one of the member of the Hexen Circle now?
1: Yeah. Rhindertu is a member yeah. of the Hexen Circle.
0: Yeah. And so, basically, like, she realized that, you no, know, oh, the novel used all its strength. And because it did, the prophecy is, like, is it, now it's coming to fruition. The waters are rising. And... But now, because, you know, because of what Foshalor and Fiorina did, and since now the divine authority has fully returned to Nouvellet, it's like the people don't have to dissolve in the water. Because Nouvellet, when he had his divinity returned, he basically ascended into the sky and basically says, you know, I, you know, your sin is forgiven, Basically, and he just, he raised the curse of, of Celestia up off of the Fontanian people. Yeah. And so we have this, you know, with the people being swept up in the water, we we see, you know, the waters, like, rising, and, like, they, they, they've, like, fully enveloped, like, the entire, like, nation of Fontaine, like, only, like, the upper half of, like, the opera epicles is even, like, still out of the water. And so we see like Navia is on like a boat and she's got like the Spina members on these boats and there's are spontaneous in the water. Like, you know, help me. And they're driving, they're pulling people into the water and trying to rescue them. And then like we turn and then some like out of the water, we see the enormous boat that Risley.
1: Yeah, Risley's boat. Woohoo.
0: They've been making in the. In, in uh, in the forces of Merapi, comes out, and it's not just a boat. This thing like ascends into the air and it flies, and they start drafting these grappling hooks, like pulling people up into that, and that's freaking amazing. And as all this is happening, like the waters begin to recede again, because the judgment has come to pass, but because of what Fushalor Farina were able um, to do by receiving. Yeah,
1: Nouvellet
0: did. Yeah, yeah, because Nouvellet was able to forgive the sin. The people that were in the water, even though they were supposed to be dissolved, were not. Because they no longer carried that burden. But we... We do find out that... I, I guess they are going to touch on this later, from what I can remember, but even though he forgave the Fontaine's at were still existing as humans that they wouldn't he wasn't be able to, you're not able
1: to bring back those that were already already
0: dissolved exactly he wasn't able to revert the ones that already even changed so that, that was kind of sad but as this wraps up and the waters receive we we go back and we see that you know we we start going through these reports that and the steambird that Charlotte has been putting out about everything that's going on in the rebuilding efforts like we see you know Clorind and Navia and they're like rebuilding uh, Poisson. And so we're gonna head there and follow up and we find out that you know everything's going great like the fatui are, are really helping uh, Clorind, who in the trial which we didn't mention up before, but when faced with the trial when Farina was there and Farina could have turned down the trial she's like, well then you can you know do your trial by combat like um, like Master callus did. And then Corinne like, walked up on stage with a sword. And it's like, if you want to do trial-by-combat, then Farina, you can fight me. And Farina's not going to do that because Farina knows that she's just a human. So he kind of forced her into the trial. We should have touched on that, but I completely skipped over it.
1: Yeah, we skipped over that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so basically because of that, Corinne got all this hype. Like, Corinne was going to fight a god. And so she's got, like, super popular. So Corinne's like, fled back to Poisson. To like get away from like all the hype.
1: I know, like everyone's like fangirling yeah. over her, which as they should. Yeah.
0: yeah, so like, yeah, it's like, you're just here to go ahead. I was like, no, you're just, you're just here to help help Navi, aren't you? And she's like, yeah, well, it's k- kind of two on one. I can do both these things at once. And the Fatui are there, and the guy with the Fatui is like super friendly. I mean, the more we're seeing of the Fatui and Fontaine, they're all like being really nice. It's just kind of weird. Um, but he's like, yeah, it's like, you know, don't don't write us up as doing anything special because we're not. Just just put us up as maybe, like, you know, uh, friendly neighbors. And that's fine. So Charlotte gets to put that in her paper. And she takes a picture of the Traveler with Navi and Paimon. We're like, let's go, you know, we go to the forces of the Maripede and we touch base and we check in with Risley and Jury and Levine and talk about the flying ship. And what happened with that? He's like, yeah, well, you know, it did what we needed it to. And it's now down. It's back in our, you know, our warehouse to to, to work on our workshop, so we can c- continue working on it.
1: Yeah, and like, like I said before, said, yeah, like I said, like yeah. I, I'm literally, I still have my game open. I'm sitting in Risey's office, and like before we started, I went to check on the boat area because you know, I was just there, and mm-hmm. I saw that the boat, the model of the boat that's back in there, was gone and i was like
0: that's awesome neat (laughs) yeah they really did just put it
1: somewhere else
0: yeah no i I really appreciate that amount of effort i'm just wondering where their hidden workshop is now Sensa, because that that was a very big boat but we we touched base with that and charlotte's trying to get an interview out of him and he's like yeah no absolutely not nice try and she's like, Well, how about I see your boat? He's like, Nah, the boat's being worked on. She's like, Oh, well, since I can't see the boat, how about an interview? He's like, No. He's, He's like, No. Just, just stop trying. No, no, no. He's like, I don't
1: want to do nope. this.
0: See, like, I'm literally Ain't going happening. home. Yep. So, like, okay. So we leave then and we go to the harbor of Fontaine where we first ran, met Lenny and Fiorina um, and Lynette at the beginning. And they're there and they're back there and they are just handing out magic pockets just like they were doing when we first met them, just kind of doing their thing. But we do find out that as a thank you, essentially, for the assistance and the help that Arlachino and the Fatui gave during this time of crisis to Poisson and everybody in Fontaine, Nuvalette has given them the gnosis, the hydronosis.
1: Oh yeah, something we uh, skipped over was that uh, Risley manages to get the attention off himself and give it to the two assistants that are totally not a couple, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, and yeah. He, he passes it on to do them, them and it they... while
1: he scampers away.
0: Mm-hmm. And then because they don't want the attention, they they pass it on to C. Dwayne. So Charlotte goes and does and it, like pictures of C. Dwayne because every nobody wants to deal with Charlotte. So but yeah, but back yeah, to but our
1: now, with the dog with yeah. the.
0: Yeah, so we find out that the hydronosis and Child have both gone back to Shneznaya. Like, Child is back in Shneznaya; He's recovering from his injuries after fighting the, the whale for God knows how long.
1: Yeah, and, and that Neuvelet just handed over the, the Neuvelet was just like, you know, you helped save my nation, so here's the Gnosis. And also, yeah. it was in part because of um, what... Uh, Skirk said to Nuvolet about the Gnosis
0: oh yeah about um, about how they tend to, like like bad omens and yeah. I like follow the Gnosis and bad things befall those that hold them
1: yeah pretty much and, yeah, and another Nuvallet's thing like is like that per- we do uh, give Child's Vision back to Arlachino to take to him
0: because mm-hmm. we yeah, still we, have it <laughs> and Arlachino was like super nice just like you know I understand that you know you see me as what I am, but as a harbinger, I have to wear many masks, but she's like, but she's like, I'm glad that we got to work together on this. Like, just being like very, very cordial. And it feels sincere to me. Either she's acting very well, like she's actually doing a very good act, or, like, I think she's legitimately thankful because we're able to help save her home. And I think that, because of what we've done, that is going to be a a very focal point on the next time we run into her in the future story. Like, that is going to sway some action of hers later on because of what we've done together here, I believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can see that happening. Where, like, she gets put in a difficult position.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then this is going to be like, you know, she's going she's going to pay that back. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. But during this whole exchange, we find out that Nouvellet, um we, we talked to Nouvellet, and we asked, like, hey, you know, how are things with Firina? And he's like, well, Nouvellet pretty much, you know, abdicated from her role as Hydracon. She, she stepped down from the role, and she moved out of the opera and now she's in her own home, but I'm going to make sure that she is taken care of. If she wants, she'll always have food, shelter, clothes. If she wants to travel, she can travel. I'm going to take care of her. And he also says that when, after we were sent back to the service after fighting the Narwhal, that he spoke with Skirt.
1: Yeah, this is the thing about the, the Gnosis, yeah. which yeah. another so thing we learned about them is that the remain of the remains of the Third Descender...
0: Yeah, so parts of a dead guy. Um which is the way that Paimon put it. Just like, oh, so we're just they're gathering parts of a dead guy. And Nuvalet asks if he knows if, if Skirk knows who the their descender is, and Skirt's like, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll ask my master and see if I can get an answer, and if I get an answer I'll have to I'll have, you know, a child tell it to you.
1: Yeah, which I think that's just hilarious. Like he, yeah. No, she literally threw him into the void and then like forgot about him.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, I love her. Right. I, yeah, she's like, oh yeah, I guess I do have my own disciple, don't I? Yeah, I'll just have him get the message. Like she, she just does not care. <laughs> but the like, but we go through this, and this is more in your field of expertise, to where you know we don't know who the third ascender is.
1: Yeah, I don't know but, anything about that either.
0: Sure. But but Trust the traveler me, knows looked... that we're
1: Yeah, we know the traveler we're, the knows that we're the
0: fourth. But that's it.
1: Yeah. but about so... who the uh third descender is, uh to my knowledge, we don't have we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I have been trying to look through the lore server on if anybody had any guesses. And okay. I have not seen anything unless I miss something, if we have any guesses. Yeah. But all we know is that they're also somehow made in part of the dragon's power over the elements and mm. whatever the remains of the third descender are. That's nice. all I know.
0: Yeah, all, all I know all that's just going to come to fruition. We're going to find out what's going on as we continue our adventures. But no, it, it's, a, it's a very cool aspect of the Gnosis to be revealed. It definitely gives more depth as to what's going on with them. So, but we finished up wrapping it up with uh, with Nouvellet. And, you know, we're telling him, yeah, we're probably going to have to nat- to Natlin next. And Nublet's, he's like, oh, if you're going to go to Natlin, you know, be careful. Because Natlin is the nation of war. And it's also a nation of dragons. And we're like, so like like you? He's like, oh, no, I would not be welcome to Natlin. He's like, like, I would not be
1: welcome there. That's for certain. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> but he's like, no, but it is a nation where... Humans and dragons coexist together, I guess, in like a way, kind of like the humans in the Melusine. like coexist here in Fontaine. Um, but he's also we also learn that uh, El Capitano the Harbinger is El there, El Capitano is there, and yeah, and he has quote unquote thrown his hat into the endless ring of war. And Delicious. If, we're, if that's where, yeah, and if that's where we're going. You need to be ready. And I don't know about you, but man, I am ready.
1: Yeah, I know you're so, ready for 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 Natlin.
0: uh yeah, oh I man, the main thing I want on Natlin, I just want me some, I want me some red wings. I want some, I want me some red fiery wings. You can bring them on, I'm ready. But, um, our conquest chapter four, act five. This episode um,
1: is almost two hours long. <laughs>
0: And, and yeah, we still have to do editing. the question
1: of the week.
0: Oh my god, yeah. But uh, just a quick reflect, what did you think about this Archon quest? It's because... definitely
1: a lot to take in, especially, you know, if you're Laura Joyer and the thing we got about the Heavenly Principles and deceiving the Heavenly Principles. Um, it certainly it does help me with cooking up with uh, new characters' as ideas, such as the one that I had shared with you. Um, yeah, but it is really interesting, and yeah, we we learned a lot. Um, also, what what did Celestia do? Just like what did they do?
0: Oh yeah, I mean Celestia is also very much like, like celest- also
1: like they've been dormant like all this time, and so like hello, one of the seven thrones have been destroyed. What are you going to do? Uh, we didn't even get yeah, a hint at them like. Waking up or something and being like, Yeah, oh, no, something's it's... going on. Nope, no, no the, hint at that. The or repercussions,
0: nothing. yeah, the repercussions of like what's going to happen of like one of these seats being destroyed is going to be intense. That's going to have huge ramifications. Well, it's going to have
1: huge ramifications, but that depends on if you know, is Celestia actually there? Like, is how do we know Celestia, you know, it's been dormant for a while. How do we know it's not yeah. a ghost, just a ghost town up there? Like, Celestia is dead
0: it's been yeah, dead a for dead a while. God. Oh, that that would definitely be something. But um, this chapter um, probably one of the most emotionally impactful chapters that we've we've come across um, so far. I've I definitely had other story aspects that have hit like similar notes. Um but this whole thing with Furina and how much she endured over 500 years and doing everything she can, despite being just a, essentially a normal human with a long lifespan. Um, I mean, Folcheloi even said it herself, like Farina had to have an iron will, like that, that on the level of a God to maintain that for, for as long as she did. And I, I mean, I'll admit it when I finished up the Archon quest, it, it coursed another symbol out of me.
1: Yeah. You saw the, um, the message I sent you, right? That was like the only thing keeping me sane right now. And it was Noteblocks, Piranha Plants on Parade remix.
0: Yeah, yeah, you brought that up last time too. Yeah, you said that was pretty much the only thing that could keep you up and going, and I totally get it.
1: No, I'm because I'm literally I'm literally sitting there in silence in the car listening to this remix as I'm driving to work, trying not to lose my shit.
0: I mean you have to. It was such a heavy, heavy chapter. I mean, I would say the only thing that had made me feel this emotional, like distraught, like seeing what Navi went through with Milus and Silver, and seeing what Farina went through, her entire thing, like when Farina was smiling and crying. Uh, I mean that, and she was choking up and talking, and but trying to maintain her her appearance. That 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 about broke me. There, I was like, oh my god. Um. Yeah, and I would—I would think that it was the only a really other uh, thing. Really heavy, a really
1: heavy uh, chapter.
0: It, it was, and I, was, I think the only other thing that's ever hit me that hard on this kind of like the level of like borderline depression was probably um, Nahida's character trailer, um, the Happy Birthday Nahida. Oh,
1: the Happy Birthday Nahida? Nah. Which
0: I, <gasps> that got me messed I up.
1: Can,
0: yeah, no. Which I can barely even think about without you know feeling my eyes wanting to like squelch up so no a fantastic chapter um even after having watched it been played through more than two times doing it m- myself it was absolutely just just amazing and the the writing for this game has just ever ever since Sumero has just taken off in strides in quality
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been yeah. great. I can't wait to see I, what happens next. And I can't exactly. wait for... I, and I can't wait to just... Danesleaf to show up and then not give me any answers.
0: Oh, no. no D- Dainsleif shows up, takes you around, gives you, like, ten more questions, and then disappears for another six acts. You know, Danesleaf can bite me. Uh, he looks really cool, like, but oh my God, I,
1: I love you, I, but, like, oh. please
0: yeah Dainsley,
1: please uh, you gotta help yeah. me out here man
0: <laughs> Oof. so but this has been a doubly lock episode so let's do this question of the week real quick um i we did promise that uh that we would do it uh because it was brought up last time but the question week this week was pr- brought to us to by travis tyrano in the discord and travis asked. If you could create a new race to add into that, whether in Shneznaya or the continent where the Pyro Archon lives, what would they be and why? Like, will they be based off a certain culture in real life? What would would be their appearance, and would you create a playable character from said race? I would, regardless,
1: Um, I'd absolutely create a... uh... Playable character from said race, absolutely. If 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 yeah. if if Mihoyo doesn't make one, then I freaking will. Like, I mean,
0: I I say that and I agree with you, but at the same time, I'm not sure I can trust them to do it right because we just exactly. said that that's Na- that's why
1: yeah. that's why you got to make your own.
0: Yeah, because we just said like Natlan is a place where dragons and humans coexist. I would love for like Natlan, you know, which is part of the question where the Pyro Archon lives. Where would you love to have like playable? you know, dragon-like people.
1: I know. I would think like, it would be awesome to have, like, some characters yeah. with some dragon features.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But on the same token, like, we were told we were going to get a playable Melzine, and we got Siegewing, who is just a kid character model with Melzine ears on top of her head, and we were completely robbed of a playable full-on Melzine. So would I like to see a playable dragon-like character in that land? Yes. Do I trust them to do it justice? No, because it was going to end up being it's going to be some like half like quote unquote dragon character, and it's just going to be like. Well you mean to tell tall- me you
1: would you wouldn't want a character with just like dragon like horns and wings or something?
0: <laughs> oh no, I absolutely would because I'm shallow, and if you give me the tall female character with like dragon wings and like the horns and everything like that, I'd be like, yes, it's like the best characters. Oh, ever.
1: absolutely. No, I'm with you on but- that.
0: <laughs> And, and I, I, I'm all here for it, but at the same time, that's also a cop-out and garbage. That's just pandering to me because I'm shallow. That doesn't mean they've done it right. And and I admit that. Like, I would like them to do like, full, like, I want, like, full, like, dragon, like, scale. I don't want to have, like, you know, like, the, the, the claws and the tail and the, the clawed, wings and the like, horns. clawed and...
1: arms? Yeah. Clawed arms? Yeah.
0: Dude. Like, like, there's a race in, like, Pathfinder in D&D Flo- that's like, like a claw- dragon. And have a, like, race. full-on
1: clawed legs, like,
0: yeah like give make give them like the melee attacks like that to where they're like clawing and swiping and spinning and kicking their tail or flapping their wings or whatever but they won't do it they won't do it because it's gonna that's be too why much you effort do it yourself just... yeah that's I, why I mean, you do it I yourself Ah, uh, so you come I, up with your own like... characters yeah and and i would love to, and i will uh... gladly
1: help you do so
0: yeah and i would love to see more playable races um come in just like i'd love to see more different playable models come in like our big huge beefy buff boys um the other like hot sexy ladies like we got from the aramites um the big boys from the fatui like the big old fat guys oh, I mean that'd I so all fun these. to
1: play as one of them
0: oh dude that's like, when me I, and would went off, like I would love i was
1: playing i would love playing as the cryo guy because they're annoying to fight in my experience so just mouth and, and, mowing through enemies with my like freeze ray <laughs> yeah
0: and and the models there there's no reason why it can't be playable it's like in overwatch you know yeah you've got like your you know your female characters like mercy and widowmaker and your standard males like you know uh baptiste and soldier 76 and then you've got like you know the huge guys um there and then like the fact like, like hogs like this like you know big fat dude and then Reinhardt who's like the big tall muscular built huge you know guy with the giant hammer it's like give you us would all of a playable animal boxer
1: real <laughs> yeah.
0: oh. oh man oh, my god please that would be amazing but maybe one day I would like for that to happen I'll I'll, I'll keep my fingers I'd like crossed I'd play I as a Fatui
1: rep. agent personally
0: oh, yes please I'm... oh my god that'd be awesome
1: either that or maybe the Scorching oh. master because I really like I really like her design <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, yeah. No, th- th- those are all really good. Most of the Tui designs are actually really solid. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so uh, I think that's actually going to wrap it up. Like I said this episode is gone for two hours. I'm going to have to get this thing edited, clipped up, and done. So, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed pretty much a double episode, just because this was that much of an intense Archon uh And now quest. it's
1: time to go to sleep.
0: Uh, no, it's not. I'm going to be up for the next two hours still editing this bad boy. So, I'll be asleep probably about midnight 1 o'clock and then I'll be up at 5 to get ready for work so yay yay! (laughs) but everybody thank you yeah exactly I'm I'm on my way as soon as I can be but everybody thank you very much for listening we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Resonance Um, I'm going to touch up on Farina's character chapter and hopefully we'll be able to touch on that next week and we will look forward to seeing you then Uh, so uh, until next week have a great night have a great day Ad Astra Abyssos.
1: Ad Astra Abyssos.